Ross, welcome to our Overtime Penalty Show. I'm here with David and Lewis. Yo. Still here, guys. And this is Bobby. We're back to talk about the U-17s. Lewis, take it away. So exactly one week after the United States were eliminated oh from God. the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, uh, it still stings. But as we have all realized, the world is still here and life moves on. And we've had about a whole week to let so this sink in um, and uh, pretty much accept what has happened. And in doing so, we've heard every rant and, uh, you know, suggestion as to what to do with our team and our federation. Uh, we've heard all the experts and the ex-players and the whatnot in this past week. And hopefully that conversation continues. Now, um, I do want to talk about the uh, under-17s because um, they are currently a bright spot in an otherwise extremely dark time in U.S. soccer. The under-17s played their round of 16 game. uh, As of this recording, it was yesterday. They played against uh, Paraguay and absolutely dominated the game. 5-0. Hat-trick to uh, Timothy Weah, who is son of footballing legend George Weah. Um, uh, two other goals coming from Andrew Carlton and Josh Sargent. Uh, and this is the first time that the, the under-17s have scored multiple goals in a knockout round since 1999 mm. in a team that featured Landon Donovan and Gooch. Now, the reason I bring this up is... Um, because of the elimination of the United States, uh, everyone is now looking to 2022. And how do we rebuild? And how do we make sure that this debacle never happens again? Because it should have never happened in the first place. So everyone is looking toward the new crop and the youth teams. And this one, who is currently making some sort of headlines um, with their win, um, people are talking about this team. Now, the two talking po- or the few talking points that I do want to get into is that first off, uh, for me personally, I don't put too much stock into these uh, youth World Cups. Um, there are a lot of teams that are featured in these tournaments that you don't normally see on the uh, the senior side. Uh, teams like North Korea, teams like Iraq, uh, teams like Mali. I believe India was in this tournament. Well, they hosted. They ho- oh, they're they're hosting, they were the host. Yeah. Okay, they were the host. Okay. Um, well, um, a lot of teams that aren't featured, like some of the big teams uh, that aren't featured in, in here uh, usually don't make these Youth World Cups. And that's why I don't put that much stock into it. Uh, you probably hope to get maybe three players uh, going into the senior team. I don't think it's a very good barometer as to the state of your, um, your program. Um, the other thing I do want to point out is that um, in our last uh, pod, in our angry pod, as you know, as co- <laughs> as coherent as we possibly could have been uh, under the circumstances, uh, we talked about the culture needs to change, and one of the things that definitely needs to change, and I am guilty of this, we are we're all guilty of this. If you're a U.S. fan, is we need to stop thinking about these kids or about these quote unquote prospects as messiahs we need to stop hyping up some of these kids 
as much as we do. As soon as we see uh, some some kid sign for a youth squad for one of the big teams or score a hat trick. Well, I have my way in, 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 in a, I'm sorry? I have my Wayo jersey on already. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Wayo jersey, but it's of his dad. Yes, yeah, his dad. <laughs> um, you know, we, we tend to prop these guys up, and we, we're not necessarily setting them up for failure, but we're putting on quite a bit of pressure on some of these guys, and it's pretty unfair. Um, from Freddie Adu to um, Julian, Julian Green, Green. Uh, to Jordan Morris, uh, th- there's been a lot of players that just have been average, if that. Um, I think the only one that has lived up to the hype has been Pulisic. Um, it's pretty uh, evident that he is the real deal. Uh, he's not necessarily the future, but rather the present. And uh, he's proven it. Um, he's wise beyond his years, his his attitude, his leadership. You can tell the guy is just a born leader. Um so that's one of the things that needs to change. We can't just look at a hat trick here and say, hey, this guy's the son of a footballing legend. Um, he's going to be the next best thing. We're going to put all our stock into him. The other thing is, I know we're all looking forward to 2022. Uh, I've heard from several people on social media and on television about we just got to tear everything down. Only a handful of players should be um, still on the national team come in 2022, uh, these players were um, Polisic, Wood, Brooks, Yedlin, and I believe someone had said, I think Cameron might have been one of the other ones. Cameron, er- 29, 30? Is it 29? Okay, then it must have not been Cameron. It oh, must have wow. been someone else, and I can't remember who it was. But this it's like a handful of players that should be in there. Everybody else should be taken out. New crop should be coming in. Well, now, I, I is, strongly believe that nobody over 28 should be called into the national team. Uh, no, you do for need the next a couple, two years. For the next two years? Well, I, I think, well, actually, no, I, yeah, that's true, actually. Now I understand what you said that because the next now two years, the there's absolutely no, well, there's no meaningful games. <laughs> there's the next no meaningful games for two so, years. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I kind of I do agree with David here. Um, I know this is a knee jerk reaction where we feel that we have to tear everything down. And start from scratch again, um, and let the you know the kids come in and play and take over because you know their current predecessors are among other things been considered soft. Their mentality is not there. They have no heart. Um, they're a bunch of pansies. Uh, they don't like to get their feet wet, both uh, figuratively and literally. Um, so. We think, well, let the under-17s, let the under-20s get in there. Well, let me go back and remind you guys of the 2017 Galaxy season in which we said our Galaxy 2 players are going to be the future and we're sticking them in here. And we know how well that turned out. Um, You can't just tear something down and say, let the kids come in here and uh, expect you know, something magical to happen. It's not going to do that. I, I I suspect that players like Bradley and Altador will still be on the team uh, headed, uh, trying to qualify for 2022. Um, I, I think it is a knee-jerk reaction to say that they should be kicked off the team. I think from a mental standpoint, I believe you have a case here. But um, I, I don't think that's a smart idea to just say, I'm going to keep five players here and then 
bring in a bunch of new unheard of or unproven guys. Um, it just doesn't work that way. Um, but uh, thoughts? You guys have any opinions on what I've just said or brought up or <laughs> anything? Well, I, I certainly yeah. I certainly echo the sentiment that um, these guys are are kids. They're playing against other kids. So no matter how good they look, they're they're playing against kids. You know, you brought up Freddie Adu. Uh, I remember hearing people talking about you know watching him play, uh, and they were like, "Oh my God, he's magic!" But then as soon as he came up against a you know, 29, 30 year old MLS defender. They're like, the hell is this little kid doing here? Boom. Just punk him around. So, uh, you know, it's yes, of course you need to let these guys mature. You need to let these guys come up in their own way. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the article by Brian Shreda. Um, there's an article that he put out about the lost generation of uh, U.S. men's national team talent. Um, and he talks about how there's a gap. Uh, there's a gap between uh, of the kids that were born in the uh, in the mid to late '90s. We're in that we're in the in that gap right now. Where where he talks about how we're in the gap of players that were born in that era that just the talent pool is shallow. Um, but if you look at the guys coming just behind that, the the talent is there. You see it. You see, you see it with you know Eric Palmer Brown. You see it with uh, Carter Vickers. You see it with Emerson Hindman. Um, these guys, there's there's more talent coming down the pipeline. Um, these are also guys that are in Europe, with the exception of Eric Palmer Brown. Um, they're, you know, they're they're there. They're just a they're a different crop. We we don't know what they're going to do yet because they haven't been given the chance now. Having said that, we have to be smart about how we bring them in. We don't throw them all into the mix like the 2017 LA Galaxy did. Of course not. But we're facing a two-year period where we have absolute meaningless games. We're going to be, as Jared Dubois put it, the fluffers for the other teams that did make the World Cup. Um, I agree. I think this is a time that you need to try out uh, new blood out with the old and with the new, um, get them some experience, see who can make it, who has the potential to make it now, and see who still needs to develop. Yeah. I'm the, not the, saying throw Josh Sargent in there. Yeah. And, or, and there was, um, or Tim Weah or uh, Carlton. Um, one of the things that I did uh, see, and, and I sent it to you guys today, was uh, Claudio Reyna. Uh, former U.S. captain, uh, captain of the 2002 team that made it to the quarterfinals, um, finally came out and uh, said something about the um, the United States not qualifying. And he said what basically, and I've never said this on the podcast, I've said this to David before off the podcast year, years ago, um, is that there's a sense of arrogance um, that the United States, you're right. Well, well, I tweeted, I tweeted right. that a few, a few weeks uh, right. last but I, week. But I had started noticing these little things back in the mid 2000s, where I was saying to myself, "Look, one of the reasons that, among the many reasons why all three of us are not Mexico fans. I mean, well, we're U.S. fans. There are rivals, and not, none of us here are Mexicans. So there's no I'm reason to be rooting for yeah, that. There but there is." Um, 
that sense of misplaced arrogance that the Mexican team and its players and its fans always had. And it was something that at least us three could never understand. Like, there's no reason to be that arrogant. Um, never took responsibility for their losses. It was always somebody else. It was always the field conditions. It was always the coach. It was always, you know, the other team didn't play the correct way to play. Otherwise, we would have won. And little by little, somewhere in the mid-2000s, the United States started echoing some of these excuses. And it came back and bit us in the ass um, here in uh, 2017. Um, Claudio Reina, uh, Claudio Reina, Reina had mentioned that it's not just the players and it's not just the media and the fans. It's also the coaches. He was saying he obviously traveled around the world as a player where you can go to a, a youth coach in Barcelona or Madrid or Germany or wherever, and they always want to learn more. No matter how well they're, well they're doing, they will always accept criticism. They will always accept advice. Um, if they can find a way to improve the team, they'll listen. If they're in first place, they want to know how to widen that gap between first and second place. If you ask a youth coach here in the States... They have the answer for everything. And what they say is, it's written in stone. I know everything. Trust the system. We got it handled. We have it handled. I don't, you guys don't need to teach me anything Trust else. Trust the process. Trust the process. And this is the arrogance that has come out of uh, the, the soccer culture here in the United States. Um, my, my last point that I wanted to make is, well, these kids, um, I'm really hoping that there is a completely different mentality um, in these kids than their current predecessors because um, as they have shown, they, they, they have no heart. Um, they have no grit. Um, I don't want to get into this. Uh, we got into it several times, including last week, but they took the easy way out. Um, they came back to a league where they were going to be treated like royalty and get paid where they didn't have to prove anything. Um, they uh, they didn't want to work for it. Um, if you heard the, the the rant on Instagram by Jermaine Jones, he calls out Jordan Morris for not wanting to go to a bigger league and instead stay in your hometown where your dad works um, and still be treated like a god. He got a puppy. And he got a puppy. Um, well, you take the puppy with you. <laughs> yeah, I could. You just got to teach a German. Um, you know, so how to bark German? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 be careful, be careful. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, um, you know, I hope that the that, that the generation here, uh, the new one, ha- has a different mentality. And Reyna was saying the same thing that, you know, in his uh, he's I believe the uh, he works for NYCFC right now. He is the technical director or the. Um, one of those made-up soccer positions. One of yeah. those made-up soccer positions where he oversees uh, the youth academies as well. And what they're saying is, you know, we put someone who's 13 years old, we'll put him up with a 16 years old if he's merited the the chance to play. Um, you don't want to just keep him there and coddle them and have him be comfortable. Let him go up another level and see how he reacts. And for me, um, right now it's mentality. If you want to take these kids and you put them up on the senior team, and they take knocks, and they get their ass kicked, and they get beat, and it's clear that they're not ready. For me right now, the most important thing is, what's that kid's reaction? Because the argument was, well, you might stunt their growth, you might um, you know, rattle them. That's a weak mentality. 
if a if one of those players in a competitive environment, I mean, you're talking about a global sport. You're talking about the best in the world. It has to be competitive. If you're saying, I just got my ass kicked, and you go back to the locker room and say, well, I can't hack it, you're out of the program. You're out of the program. If you're saying, this is my peak, you're out, you should be out of the program. You shouldn't be called it again. If after those knocks, you say, you know what? That's not happening ever again. And you go back and you work harder. You want to get faster. You want to get stronger. You want to get smarter. You want to keep um, improving. You want to be in one of those top leagues and not settle. That's how you weed out the, these kids. It's now the mentality. And it's, it's, it was really brought out um, last week that the mentality uh, in these players are, are very weak. Um, I think right now for me personally, along with the talent, the talent's going to be there. I think right now it's, it's more about the mentality. Who wants to not settle? Who wants to continue growing? Who wants to continue to improve? Um, and if you're not willing to do that, I think that's how you weed out in a competitive environment. That's, that is what should be happening. Um, so, um, don't put all your stock into these kids and what you're seeing right now. Um, believe me, I, I'm rooting for them as well. I'm happy. We need some bright spots. So uh, I'm just as happy that they're in the quarterfinals. They will be facing England, I believe, on Saturday. Um, kind of got lucky. They lot, they could have won the group, but uh, Columbia ended up beating in the last game. Columbia wins the group. And uh, because of that, they, um, they didn't have to face Germany, who also messed up in their group, um, ended up at second. And they ended up beating Colombia 4-0. We got Paraguay, ended up winning 5-0. So we got, kind of got lucky there. Um, England is our next game, quarterfinals on Saturday. So, again, I'm going to be rooting for these kids. Um, but um, let's not build a hype train any more than, uh, than we should. We should just let these kids develop at their own pace. And uh, once we see it that, hey, these kids landed in a Dortmund, these kids landed in a, you know, whatever, that's where we can say, hey, Okay, these guys might be the real deal. So, all right, that's all I got. Amen. All right, guys. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. This is LA is our house overtime penalty show. I'm here with David and Lewis. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And this is Bobby. Bye, guys. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>